Amanda Lotheringen, good morning, Senior Manager, Copyright and Intellectual Property Enforcement. And you fit that on a business card, I take it. How are you? <laughs> I'm good in yourself, Jeremy. I'm and very I'm good. You, you, I'm only Jeremy after 9 o'clock at night, but I definitely am Kino before then. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking to Kino. How are you doing? Good, Kino. Thank you very much. Sorry about that. No, man, no need to apologize. I'm just being full of nonsense because I can. Um, Amanda, let's talk about the... uh, uh, Let's talk about the scale of the problem because the one thing I'd like to say, it's not as easy as we think. People buy illicit goods. People buy fake rugby T-shirts because the original original product is priced out of most people's bracket. Yeah, the price discussion is something that maybe we should talk about at the end of this. Yes, no, of course uh, we can. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree with you. So let's let's let, talk let, about the value of mm. intellectual property rights. Yes, of course. And um, and then you actually hit straight home by saying the demand for IP, um, branded goods. That's the yes. common word people use. The demand is a big issue for us. And mm. then you put it all in a basket that we call illicit goods. Now yes. that includes intellectual property rights that's being infringed and that's a counterfeit or a fake or a fong pong that people Mm. refer to. And that's when there's a registered trademark like the Nike T-shirt and you slap it on a substandard product and you sell it um, under the impression to the consumer that this is the real product. Having said that, though, um, I'm not confirming or denying whether I... Bought by mistake, bought a product that I thought was original, um, and I won't mention the brand because this is not the place to to do that. But it was a well-known brand, and the T-shirt that I had bought overseas, right, was better quality than the T-shirt that I could find at I don't know, I think it was Edgar's, where I started getting holes after seven or eight washes yeah. so uh, you know I, I'm, I'm i know i'm sounding like i'm being difficult here but i i think we need to obviously have a terra firma discussion <laughs> around no, yeah so the, the, that's the other area the quality of mm. the goods are the one the price mm. of the goods is another thing yeah. and then you have your intellectual property rights which is your registered trademarks yes and with that comes a reputation of the good that you buy yes. so if for instance you're a comrades runner and you buy your asics pair of shoes yes. and you know they cost about two and a half three grand mm. and now you get it at a flea market outlet and you pay half the price and you think this is a bargain because it's got all the trademarks on it so as a mm. consumer you're actually being misled and you think that you're buying a bargain mm. but in the end that can be so damaging to your knees to absolutely your feet, it's not the research and development that goes into designing a proper running machine 100%. And that's what happens in the world of fakes. They take the reputation and the value that has been mm. researched and done. And we're not talking only about T-shirts. We're now starting to talk about pharmaceuticals, mm. medicines. Mm. And we talk about fast-moving consumer goods, even mm. the rice. I think it can kill you, I mean, if, you, if you're not careful. Yeah, baby formula. Mm. We have not had this in South Africa yet, but in our neighboring countries, they had huge problems with um, branded baby formula that doesn't have any substance to feed the babies properly. Let's not give anybody ideas. I'm no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, but, uh, but I think your, your, your point is spot on, right? Um, and obviously, there's a, the, in, in a lot of instances, people could physically, like if you're going to go and buy a pair of Nikes, Right. And you think you can run the comrades on them. And they were made in the wrong part of China and they don't give you all the support. You'll feel it. 
less than halfway through the, the marathon, you're going to wonder what's wrong with you. So sometimes, I don't say sometimes, it's always better to buy the original. But, it is, and that's yeah. where our demand problem comes in. Mm. So we need to raise the level of awareness because people don't know. They think they are buying the original product at a better price, and they don't think about where they're buying it from. So usually when we speak to the children, because that's where we start to change behaviors, what the, the work the CIPC does is twofold. We work operationally with yes. the police and the customs that yeah. deals with the real criminals because don't make a mistake, you know. This is organized crime involved in counterfeit mm. goods and illicit trade. There's billions of rands to be made because you don't have any of the inset or mm. input costs to do any research, no marketing, no advertising. All you do is you take somebody else's trademark, slap it on your poor product and sell it as the real thing. Mm. And that's, it, that, that's the problem yeah. we face. So I, listen, for, 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 for me, obviously, we shouldn't be buying fake goods. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have an issue with that, right? We shouldn't be buying fake goods. But saying that to people logically mm. and then comparing that to their perception of the brand. So these companies mm. market the living daylights out of it and they want everybody to buy it, right? The only problem is not everybody can afford it. But the the need to want to get it still exists. It does. Um, so then we take yeah. the, 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 this angle, you know. Mm. We, what, what is extremely important for South Africa right now mm. is to grow our economy yes. and to get investment into the country. Mm. And if we are serious about protecting intellectual property rights, yes. buying local, for instance, right. n- not supporting illegal or illicit goods being dumped in our country, being proud of what we produce locally and buying that, then, and we talk about investment, job creation, um, getting people to put up factories, reviving our clothing industry that was strong a couple of years ago. Mm. And that's efforts government are currently making to just see, let, let's revive our economy, but focus on protecting intellectual property rights, ensuring that the fakes are off the street so that mm. consumers are not misled in thinking that's the real thing. And then also intercepting the illicit um, uh, value chain or marketing change by physical enforcement activities. Mm. Mm. You will remember a couple of months ago, I think it was mid-lockdown, we had big operations in Johannesburg City Centre. It hit all the major news channels and they were talking about the clothing confiscated, tons and tons of shoes, clothing, handbags. And the other problem that we have with that that trade, now we've confiscated the goods, we can't just give it away. Um, It may be harmful in some instances, it can damage the reputation still of the owner of the Mm. trademark. So we have to destroy them in an environmentally friendly way. Mm. So all of these things that that we um, face in the illicit trade economy and environment are things government need to think through and get the public to support us so that we can um, stop mm. the trade in these goods. And then how about working with the companies who actually develop these goods to also create alternatives that would make people that, 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 that you know, you find an accessible um, – I'm just thinking – for example, mm-hmm. music. I don't know anybody these days that still has the time to go and rip music off a CD. No, you're right. What they, you use it, they, they, they go and they, and, you know, so, so they don't rip music anymore. What they've done is they've innovated. As a matter of fact, Apple showed them how to innovate. And then oh, you've got the Spotify's of this world now for 50 odd rand a month. I can listen to any song I want. And mm. surely a 
part of what SIPSI should be doing is encouraging these businesses to look at other business models that will still that will actually include more people but in a manner that will not bankrupt them but at the same time still deliver enough money over the medium term Perfect. And the example you use is spot on. South African music is right up there and the creative industry sector is definitely one of the sectors that responded. And we talk about copyright Mm. piracy that responded to the piracy problem promptly and using technology, giving consumers what they need. You would recall that we had... Films sold on our street corners, DVDs, yes. with the latest film. You don't see it anymore because the industry has given the consumer what they need when they need it. Mm. Buy um, Showmax and... Um, Even Adobe. I mean, if and- I had to buy Adobe Suite tomorrow, right, if I wanted to use Illustrator, I've got Illust- Adobe Illustrator 2021 on my MacBook, right? So I've, I've got it here. I've got Adobe Audition 2021. Normally, to buy this will cost me thousands upon thousands, and people ended up, you know, uh, being scalum, and they take it, and they end up creating, uh, they, they they end up um, using that for their businesses. Now you're paying twenty odd dollars a month, but yeah. for that twenty odd, and you have it, and you have it, and more yeah. people can afford it. Yes, and you've got a full suite available. The software industry is also a very good example. Mm. And um, and that's where the education part comes in. But CIPC is right out there. We work very closely with all rights owners, mm. specifically in the creative industry sector. And our musicians are very close to our hearts. Yes. And we do a lot of education to them and teach them how to make themselves into business entities so that they can gain from their creativity and sell their music and enter into agreements with you So that's definitely an area that we're very active in and work very hard to sort of just raise the level of awareness on the value of intellectual property rights. And, yeah, so, you know, for me, even in clothing, if you say to people, you know, for X amount per month, right, we'll ensure that you get the kit that you're looking for. Because think about it. You can bring down the cost of production if you Mm -hmm. deliver on mass. Right. So if you say to people there are different categories here, there are different grades of jerseys that you can get for the bulls or for the sharks or for the stormers. Um, and, and, you know, as part of a membership, um, a fan club, etc., that'll cost you 80 bucks a month. Just eight hundred over the uh, eight hundred, or just over eight hundred. Yeah, nine hundred over the year. And you get the latest jerseys. Models, perfect, and that's how they should do. I think the pick and pay actually took it up. So when we had the Springboks and the FIFA World Cup, they got the rights and they distributed not that top end, um, breathable material jerseys, but a more affordable version, and people could buy it. Yeah, as long as it looks sexy, man. You don't. (laughs) You know, and, and and and. And I think sometimes a big part of IP is actually just innovating. And, you know, we tell people, don't do it. Don't do it because it's the wrong thing to do. But emotionally, we make our decisions. Yeah, no, don't steal somebody else's ideas. Be your own. Be Mm. unique. Be That's our little mascot for the children. We call Mm. him ID. You're your own identity. You don't want to be like anybody else. And um, be innovative. There's a lot of work that we're doing in the patents area with our innovators to try and stimulate that environment because South Africans are creative, innovative, and we've got what it takes. We just need to mobilize them into making money from it.
Absolutely, absolutely. But including the big people, eh? I mean, if you if you if you think about businesses that have been around forever, like the taxi industry, um, you know, they they probably arrived at like 100 BC, and they've been doing the same business model for the last couple of hundred years. And then Uber arrives, and they're going, "Oh no, you're being unfair! What are you doing? You're taking my market share." We must also be very careful, just in my estimation, and I could be very wrong here, by the way, Amanda, but um, we we should be encouraging those bigger businesses, the legacy businesses, to innovate more effectively. Yeah, but let me tell you a very nice story. Nestle, South Africa. Yes. They saw that the Spaza shops has got a unique problem of getting the goods to their Spaza shops in the remote areas of town. Mm. And... um, and that's where the counterfeiters came along with their buckies and they bought, buy these things off the back of buckies mm. and they sell it to the um, communities. Mm. And Nestle saw this is a problem. It's a supply chain problem that they've mm. identified and they offered a solution to the spaza shops. They will bring the goods they need to them. Okay. Um, they will start small little de- delivery vehicles and they will deliver for five or ten spaza shops in a specific area. Yeah. And it worked tremendously well because we've got big problems with spaza shops selling counterfeit goods. Mm. That's very harmful to the consumers in the area. Correct. So Correct. teaching them what to do and making sure um, that they understand the new business models and putting the right people in touch with one another. That collaboration is crucial success. I love it. Listen, I think I think it's everybody can win. Um, everybody can win in this, and we just, as you say, I think very correctly. So we need to encourage people to number one. You know, if you can afford the darn thing, just buy it, man. I mean, there's nothing better than actually having something which you work hard, you love this product, you buy yeah, it. No, you're right. But then, but I think you yeah. pointed very well. Everybody can work and win, and I'll just add with IP. Because intellectual property is for everybody. We can be creative. We can use a trademark on our business models. Mm. And, um, yeah, everybody can win if we just start working Absolutely. together and share the knowledge. Well, Amanda, I want to thank you for your time. It's a, it's a very important discussion that we've had. Um, and I'm, I'm glad we could have, you know, we, we looked at all sides of this, though, and I think it's essential for us to do that and not just send the message going, you mustn't do it. We should also know why people are doing it and deal no, with the why, right? Exactly. And, and the benefits. I absolutely. call it the right remedies and responsibilities of IP rights, the four R's or the three R's. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, no, no, I think it's very important. And I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you for having me on your show. And if you need to speak about IP or even the Roybos Biltong issues, there's such a lot of areas of IP one can talk about. Um, no, I'll be more than willing, willing to um Follow it up with you. Thank you very much. We'll definitely stay in touch. That's Amanda Lothringen, um, Senior Manager, Copyright and Intellectual Property Enforcement at the CIPC. Maybe your thoughts on that as well. We'll come up. We'll find out how the hospitality industry is doing. We'll talk to Gary Kutzer. We spoke to him before the CEO of Century City Convention Center in Natal. Um, We spoke to him at the beginning of lockdown during the hard lockdown, and times were really, really, really tough. How are things looking today?